Hello and welcome to MLW Confusion. I'm your host, Rob Cameron, bringing you all that you may or may not need to know about Major League Wrestling and its television programming. This week, it is a really big shoe, if you will, for your Ed Sullivan fans out there. Uh, it's a twofer episode. We are covering the Fightland event and this week's Thanksgiving Fusion. So uh, it, it's going to be a big one. Got out to, I don't know, maybe listen to it in chunks. I don't know. Just as long as you're listening, it's all good. Uh, but first, let's cover some news. Uh, as part of the Fightland tapings, it has been announced we got some featherweight action to be had as Zeta, uh, making her return to MLW, takes on the debuting Gia Scott. Uh, anytime we can expand, the featherweight division is going to be a good time as far as I am concerned. However, we also, and not to overshine these featherweights, but... Dude, we are going to have a battle royale. Uh, 15 fighters. Uh, man, uh, who knows what the winner gets out of the deal outside of a payday. Uh, some of the confirmed participants are going to be the uh, World, Titan World Titan Federation outsider, uh, who, unless there's another one, has been revealed to be Joshua Bishop, O'Shea Edwards, Love Doug, Mr. Thomas, Ichiban, Griffin McCoy, Brett Ryan Goslin, Jay, Boos, uh, Jay Bougie, uh, Yusufer L is back, and I'm going to be confused, uh, plus many, many more. Uh, of course, this goes along with uh, other folks from, well, the fusion tapings that include Filthy Tom Lawler and a Mystery Man versus the Bomaye Fight Club's O'Shea Edwards and Mr. Thomas, Jimmy Lloyd versus Jeff Cannonball in a Thumbtacks Pit of Deathmatch, for the featherweight championship, Janai Kai defends her championship against Delmi Exo and Tiara James. Tony Deppin returns to take on Nolo Kitano. And a triple threat tornado tag encounter as the main event battle the Wasted Youth and the combination of Lucky 13 and Austin Luke. Also in the news, we have uh, tickets available for MLW's return to Philly January 6th for Kings of Coliseum. A uh, batch of folk that are, well, supposed to attend. It's pretty much the entire roster on the list. That is January 6th, uh, 7 p.m. a showtime. We are battling out of the 2300 Arena back in Philadelphia uh, for Kings of Coliseum. Last minute note and change of things. Not really. It's been like a week, uh, and we'll cover it also on the show. But Maki Ito is going to make her return to MLW at one shot to challenge for the Featherweight Championship against Janai Kai. Uh, love me some Maki Ito. I'm not sure why she gets a title shot out of the dealio, but whatever, man. I am standing so hard right now, it's not even funny. So, uh, while I'm standing, let's just... Gotta jump off into our review of the Fightland event that I recorded, well, earlier at after Fightland, so I could have a chance to calm my half behind down and, I don't know, focus on the upcoming review of Thanksgiving Fusion. Alright, we're gonna start the party off with... Fightland, the big event for November by MLW. Show starts off with a highlight package hyping up the main event of the evening for the World Heavyweight Championship. Alex Kane defends against Jacob Fatu. Joe Dombrowski, Matt Stryker, our commentary team for the evening. It looks like our first match is going to be for the Tag Team Championship as the Calling defends the championships against the Second Gear crew in a ladder match. Of course, uh, since these are larger stables, the Calling is being represented by Ricky Shane Page and Akira, and the Second Gear crew being represented by the one called Manders and Matthew Justice. As the Calling come out, they're already bickering. Uh, Akira wants to use a barbed wire baseball back. Ricky Shane Page is like, nah, son, don't do it, which I think is weird. I mean, I, in a match with no DQs, I, I would encourage all the weapon use you get, get the advantage. Speaking of advantage, Akira hits a suicide dive on the second gear crew before the match even properly begins during their entrance. Justice, though, wakes up and wrecks everybody, sets up a ladder inside the ring. Uh, however, Akira thinks it's much too soon to end this match and yoinks him off of it. Uh, second gear crew then just 
gang up on Akira, squishing him in the corner with a ladder in big splashes. Ricky Champagne is inexplicably bleeding as he enters the ring finally. We get more bickering from Akira um, and uh, Ricky Shane Page, uh, this time over a chair because Akira wants a chair and for some odd reason Ricky Shane Page is reluctant to give it to him. The calling get pulled off the ladders. Ricky Shane Page rolls over the top rope and lands on the race steps on the way down. Like that, that had to hurt. Like, I mean, we could argue whether he needed to go over the top rope for that ladder spot or not, because, you know, he hit the ground, hit, hit, landed on his feet, then flopped over. But yeah, those chairs, chairs, or those stairs were unforgiving. Man. Uh, second gear crew go after Ricky Champagne outside the ring. Uh, Akira hits a crooked acai moonsault and clips a table outside the ring in the process. Uh, inside the ring, Manders is suplexed into a ladder. That couldn't have felt good because there wasn't a whole lot of give to that there ladder. Uh, Justice goes to the top, grabs the title belts, but the ladder gets taken out from under him, so he's just hanging there. However, Manders takes out both members of the calling. They're laying flat on their back in the center of the ring. And... Justice, being the crazy person that he is, loops, does a loopy little thing and hits a big splash from the rings that the titles are suspended from above the ring. Uh, everyone gets a ladder and we're fighting on the ladders. Talon is back. He's on a ladder. He gets knocked out. Uh, Kira is trying to take everybody out. He has a chair wall on the ladder. Takes a swing. Uh, misses Matthew Justice and hits Ricky Shane Page, who falls uh, falls backwards. Gets his leg caught in the ladder, so he's effectively trapped in the ladder. Uh, could also like really tear some ligaments in the process of that. Uh, Manders ends up pushing the ladder. Uh, that contains Akira and Matthew Justice over, and both those individuals flop over the top rope through a table, well, a pair of tables outside the ring as the one called Manders takes the belt and wins the match. So, new tag team champions, the second gear crew, Matthew Justice, the one called Manders, and, oh, this shows off to a terrible start already. Just... It's a, it's a terrible day. Terrible day. Manders wins a championship. I couldn't attend SCW Pro's Harvest. Uh, like, next thing I you know, you're going to tell me that Tony Khan's big surprise was Will Ospreay. And I'm told Will Ospreay is officially signed with AEW. Uh, oh, freak. Freak me, man. God is dead and we killed him. That's all i have to say about that anyway uh after the match akira and ricky champage have words over the botches in the match and they they come to blows over it akira's one kind of taking over before the rest of the calling come in and interfere this ends with akira getting spiked on a pair of chairs shaped like an x uh via a ddt by ricky shane page and so the calling as we once knew it is no more by the looks of it kira's probably expelled from the group which is fine because he's actually pretty over uh compared to the rest of the members of the calling so i'm actually more excited to see what he can do on his own um however uh despite the ending of the match uh you know if you're into car crash carnage that is uh TLC matches, or, well, primarily, in this case, a ladder match, then this uh, this match is perfectly acceptable for uh, for y'all. Uh, it was good. It had all the carnage and big spots you'd want out of it. Yes, you know, the one called Manders now has a title, and blah 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 blue But, you know, I, I despite my personal feelings, I'm, I'm not going to call a match bad just because I hate a guy in it. That's all. All right. We get a plug for MLW One-Shot. That is the Melrose Ballroom on December 7th. Uh, it is officially announced that Miyu Yamashita will be taking on Delmi Exo, which should be an exciting match uh, to be had there, in addition to uh, Filthy Tom Lawler taking on, on uh, Satoshi Kojima as well. Our second match of the evening is Matt Cardona. He is taking on Mance Warner in a loser leaves MLW match. Cardona is flanked by one Mr. St. Laurent, uh, lead promoter of the World Titan Federation. Uh, to start off with the graps, Man starts out strong, but Cardona 
she kind of like gets him going outside, um, mostly so Mance can look for weapons. Cardona engages him outside the ring, uh, but you know, we, you shouldn't brawl outside the ring with Mance Warner, even if you are the de Deathmatch King. Uh, chairs are getting involved, so evidently this match is no DQ as well. Uh, didn't realize that was a stipulation for the match, but hell, yeah, I guess, I guess that's, that's how we're playing things. We're playing things loose with the rules tonight. Uh, Mance chosses lots of chairs into the ring. We get an attitude adjustment by Cardona through a batch of chairs that have been set up. Chokes Mance uh, while doing push-ups, so showing he's a cardio fiend in addition to a rule breaker. Uh, Warner cuts off Cardona with a superplex off the top rope. To only gets a two count off of that, though. Uh, both set up ring boards from outside and then engage in fisticuffs, which you also don't want to do with Mance Warner because you're going to get hit with the flip-flop and fly out of that. Uh, however, Mance gets a chair, takes a swing for Cardona, and takes out the biased referee with said chair. And that's a lesson to you, Mr. Referee. If you're not going to enforce the rules, they're going to end up being used against you. Now you're unconscious and can't hear a word I'm saying because you're dead. Anywho, uh, while the referee's out, we get the big knee by Warner. Unfortunately, the ref is unconscious because Mance, well, knocked him out. Um and gets punched in the dick for his efforts as he's trying to wake up, said biased referee. Uh, out of nowhere, a wild Steftalander appears and intercepts a chair from uh, Matt Cardona. And for those of you who aren't aware of the existence of Steftalander, uh, she has history with both men. She's a business partner with Matt Cardona. She kind of stepped in for Chelsea Green as uh, Chelsea got re-signed by the WWE and kind of like took over uh, the tandem shtick with Cardona on the indies and then also has been revealed fairly recently via social media that she is in a real life relationship with Mance Warner as well uh, so things are getting sticky icky over here uh, Steph mouths off to Cardona then makes out with Mance and she gets knocked off the ring apron by Cardona uh, there's a lot of like setup going on in the ring uh, and Steph gets in between both Mance and Cardona, and Swerve Bro spears Mance through the table, or excuse me, board set up at the corner. Referee wakes up to see the pin being placed by Cardona, and Cardona gets the one, two, three. Loser leaves MLW. Mance Warner is evidently out of MLW. Uh, in the process of things, Mr. St. Laurent tries to get a shot of Nana, 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 hey, 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 goodbye chant going. Uh, even start music for it. He gets punched in the mouth by Mance. Security comes out and he's eventually taken away, uh, escorted directly out of the building. After the match, we get a brief promo from Cardona. Uh, and the rest of the camp, uh, basically, Cardona's just running down Mance, calls him ugly, stupid, etc. Uh, Steph DeLander, she notes that she come in here, she's a business partner with Cardona, and she made love Mance Warner, but, you know, she also loves the, uh, the money involved with the wrestling business, and overall, this is a business. Uh, so, a uh, fun match to be had over on, on, on that one as well. I, I do question, like... The no DQ stipulation of it, so I, you know, why did we need to be have the ref unconscious too with the ref bump? I mean, though, ultimately, I'm not going to complain about it because that's how you deal with said bias. Uh, but uh, just, I just, I inherently dislike, uh, like DQ, like rules, rules and weaponry, like not being enforced in a match that's not being announced as like no DQ. And as far as I know, this match has not been announced no DQ. I, I could have missed it. It's fine. Yeah, they've changed things every week in terms of like little stipulations. So if I missed it, it's cool. Yell at me via social media. That's why God invented it uh, to, you know, so neckbeards can yell at each other. And Lord knows I haven't shaved in a few days. So, you know, beardowing it up. Um, but anyway, yeah, but like barring like that little gla glaring omission, like it was a fun match. I'm a fan of both these gentlemen. Cardona is obviously killing it on the Indies. Uh, Mance is super entertaining as well. Following this is 
our Lucha Libre exhibition as Barbaro Cavanario and Rocky Romero with Selena De La Renta takes on Ichiban and Mascara Dorado. Uh, Dorada, excuse me. Um, again, this is Lucha Expedition, uh, exhibition, so we got Lucha rules here. Uh, so we're playing loose with the count. There's a 20 count outside the ring. Uh, tags are not necessarily needed in this match as a roll to the arena floor, or, well, breaking the plane of the ropes, actually, counts as a tag in this situation. Uh, Cavanario is literally wearing a Fred Flintstone tunic, because if you didn't realize he was a caveman before, guess you do now, because nothing says caveman quite like Fred Flintstone. Anywho, it looks like uh, rivals Ichiban and Rocky Romero are going to start things out. They are filling each other out through this process with Ichiban coming out on top. Hits uh, the batch of one punches in the corner. Uh, however, uh, we get some tags, and so Dorada and Cavanario are in. Uh, the caveman does the worm to fire himself up, which was crazy to go nuts and didn't see that one coming. I mean, don't get me wrong, I, I'm not terribly familiar with Cavanario, but I didn't expect the worm to come out of this here bit. Uh, things break down at this point, and a lot of tandem offense by the Rudos. Uh, Selena De La Renta distracts Ichiban outside the ring. Uh, inside the ring, we get some more tandem offense as Ichiban is taken out with a real wheelbarrow lung blower. Um, the Rudos stay large and in charge until Dorada gets the hot tag and he defies some gravity with some flips and flops and flies. Uh, electric chair DVD by Dorada only gets two. Ichiban comes in and hits a Yoshi tonic for two as Rocky Romero makes the save for his team. Uh, we get a sliced bread powerbomb combination by the Rudos and that is broken up by Dorada. So the match gets to continue on from there. Uh, Ichiban cleans house, dives outside. Inside the ring, Dorada climbs up top. It hits a shooting star press on Cavanario. One, two, three. Elementary, my dear Watson. The winners of this match, Mascara Dorada and Ichiban. Uh, so we're keeping things fresh, keeping this feud going uh, between Selena De La Renta and Ichiban. Of course, we also let the uh, CMML contingent get their licks in and look strong, especially with Dorada picking up the victory. I am really impressed with uh, Cavanario. Again, I'm not terribly familiar. Dude's pretty big, and uh, I mean, he's no... He's not Toru's levels of agile, but like this good, this dude can uh, is pretty agile himself. And of course, you, you, you're gonna, you're gonna, I gotta give love to uh, anyone who's willing to do the worm during a wrestling match. Uh, so yeah, so if Lucha's your thing, this is it. If Lucha really isn't your thing, then you know, uh, not so much. Uh, but yeah, uh, otherwise, you know. I, I think I was thoroughly entertained by it. I like I like Lucha Libre. I hate calling it though, in terms of like giving the rundown for like this podcast, just because the action tends to be so quick and there's lots of tandem offense, and I just can't keep up with it because I scribble. I'm not doing commentary. I'm not recording this, you know, live in the action. Uh, but so like the match is actually a lot better than what I'm giving you credit for on this here podcast. All right. It is time for our main event of Fightland. Jacob Fatu looks to capture the MLW Heavyweight Championship for a second time against the defending Alex Kane. Uh, this match was kind of just thrown together out of nowhere by Selena De La Renta. Uh, but, you know, the crowd's here for it because uh, Fatu is, you know, the longest reigning MLW champion. Kane has picked up a lot, a lot of support over the uh, since his debut with the company as well. So we're going to see uh, what we can do out of this, huh? Yeah, let's let's do this. So we get a very long feeling out process. Kane is really working on the cravat, obviously. He's been watching his Chris Hero uh, tapes. Worked that forever. Uh, Fatu eventually powers out. It starts overpowering Kane. Uh, we do get a big German suplex uh, inside the ring by Kane. Uh, kind of gnarly. I don't know if it's the camera angle or if it really just he really did get it, but it almost looks like uh, Fatu landed on his head in the process of that. Uh, however, you know he takes a bit of offense and he's fine enough to climb the ropes and hit a flash whisper in the wind. Um, however, it wasn't enough to get the victory on it because <laughs> we got another. Oh, Lordy, probably, you know, 40 minutes to go. Uh, flip my notes the incorrect direction, of course, so I'm going to stall for time. Hey, both men roll outside. Fatu's throwing chairs, so I guess this is a no-DQ match, too. So, cool beans. Uh, I guess that'll help keep things moving as we go along here in this match. Uh... <laughs> 
Kane takes uh, takes over. Uh, we get some back and forth though before Fatu starts throwing chairs outside the ring. Uh, Fatu takes too much time setting up a table, and he gets a chair chucked at him. Uh, more back and forth action before Kane misses his apron splash. Uh, Fatu hits two running hip attacks into the guardrail, uh, which at this point the uh, commentary team is really putting over how uh, messed up Fatu's hip is, but how much the title also means to Fatu. Uh, inside the ring, we get the handspring moonsault with Kane wedged in between uh, the ladder. That couldn't have felt pretty for anybody involved on that. However, Kane hits an exploder uh, onto Fatu into the ladder and then hits two apron splashes, only for two though. Kane sets up chairs in each corner, uh, wedges them in so they're flat in the turnbuckle, in between the turnbuckles. Uh, get, we get a double down with a clothesline, with Fatu then taking over. Topic uh, on Elo by Fatu outside the ring, and we get the official announcement that we are 30 minutes into this match. Uh, Kane low bridges Fatu, and Fatu goes over the top rope, eliminating himself from the rumble, but not from the match. Falls through a table in the process. Kane starts showing off his cardio, doing some jumps before hitting a tiger suplex. Fatu fires up, uh, but a combination of an alley oose and spear by uh, Kane only gets a two count to take him back down a rung or two. Uh, Fatu then sends Kane crashing through a chair in the corner, uh, and a big splash onto the table outside the ring. However, you can't win the match inside the ring unless things have changed on me again. Uh, get a spirit battle, but Kane hits the mark of Kane, followed by a crash landing suplex for two. Uh, Kane bum rushes Fatu through a table in the corner. Fatu gets an alley ooze of his own and double jump moonsault and somehow only gets two of that. Well, by somehow, I mean, took a sweet time on the pin because he's been beaten up so much. Uh, and, of course, Tom, Mr. Thomas done involved himself too. So, uh, you know, referee's not going to do anything about that except admonish. Great great team let's just do that um Fatu spends a lot of time at this point jaw jacking with the crowd uh the crowd's turning against Fatu overall like he's still getting some chance here and there but like he's really like kind of like making himself the heel at least verbally verbally noting that Kane like shouldn't even be in this match he shouldn't be champion uh which I think some of this stuff is really interesting you know trying to get us to forget that uh Fatu was one of the leaders of a hostile takeover of MLW, and I'm not entirely sure I would like to see that man back in championship contention, but, you know, he he likes to smile for the kids now. I guess he's a cooler guy. Whatever. I don't know. Uh, but we got a super play off the top rope through a batch of chairs. Uh, Kane locks in fade to black. Uh, they don't go down. Fatu's trying to fight out of it and keeps touching the ropes. Like, literally, he runs into the ropes while Kane has... The, the choke on him. Ref doesn't seem to care until Fatu, like, falls down. Uh, Fatu uh, goes down. It's We hit the 48-minute mark before he passes out. Ref calls the match your winner and still MLW World Heavyweight Champion uh, Alex Kane. Um, and uh, so I'm going to cut off here and talk about my review. We're not done yet, but I just want to kind of, like, talk briefly. Uh, so this match lasted 48 minutes. And on paper, I, I feel like, you know, there was nothing inherently wrong with the match. And I'm going to be probably a dissenter in this. But I am a person who doesn't necessarily think making a match long makes it better. And I think the I think making a match long is something that you need to be, like, put into the story. And at a certain level, especially Fatu, we've never known him to be a cardio guy. I don't, so I'm not sure he is a guy we want to tell the story that, like, he is going 45 minutes into this match. Um, so, like, the match itself had its spots, but I felt I also felt the spots were overly reliant on, like, going through the hardcore stuff. Because, like, they it a lot of times it didn't seem like a hardcore match. They just did hardcore spots. And I think also... The combination of that and Mr. Thomas's interference really brought down the match. Like, I, I mean, I don't see the point, especially if you're not announcing this as an ODQ. I don't, I don't see the point of, you know, making just letting these things fly. Um, 
And maybe, you know, I could you could argue, oh, it's a world title match. You know, we want some leniency. We don't want this to end via DQ. But then we also did it in the Mance Warner match as well. Uh, so, like, those two things, like, I just don't think this match was built to go the hour-long Broadway route they were trying to make it go. Maybe... Maybe if it's a different batch of workers. Well, not, not even full-on batch of workers. I, I'm going to single out Fatu as a guy like they've never... Like, they've shown him to be a wrecking ball. And wrecking balls traditionally aren't cardio machines. And so, so for some of the stories they were trying to tell out of this, outside of just him like really wanting the title and him arguably being the best world champion MLW's had in terms of at least length, like... like you could make some argument there, but really, like, wrestling-wise, like, he's not that guy to take the hour-long Broadway. Um, so I felt like this match just kind of stagnated, and they were just doing hardcore spots to pop the crowd and make you forget that you're wa- this match is going for on for nearly an hour. Um, but again, that being said, there was nothing inherently wrong with the match itself. I just... I just couldn't get into an, a match that, that was that long. And that might be a problem with me. That's fine. Um, you know, there again, nothing wrong with the match. Just evidently just not my bag. Not my bag at all. Um, and kind of, and then by proxy because of that, it kind of brought down the rest of the pay-per-view because they spent so much time on this match. They could have easily fit another match or two. And so we had like four matches on this bigger event, big event. And don't get wrong, a lot's going on here. But it just kind of helped things, I don't know, feel a bit on the flat side as well however as i said we are not done yet so wherever flatness i was feeling prior to this is going out the window because basically as soon as the match is over the wtf faction the world titan federation uh tom lawler looking thoroughly bitching by the way um comes uh tom lawler matt cardona mr saint laurent steph to lander all come out uh and with with the uh, wrenches, giant wrenches, by the way, and just take out the Beaumayers. Uh When things kind of like look like they're starting to uh, get a little bit better, a uh, giant dude comes out, uh, bleach blonde, and starts wrecking stuff as well. Uh, I didn't recognize him at first, but that is uh, independent standout Josh Bishop. I just didn't realize how jacked he was, and I think that that threw me back a bit. But I'm like, I've seen a little bit of his work, you know, nothing inherently, you know, no, nothing too bad to say about it. But I just didn't realize the dude was just that jacked, bigger than everybody else. Uh, but yeah, Josh Bishop, the newest signee to the World Titan Federation. Uh, the Beaumayers come out uh, to offer assistance when the lights go out, and when the lights come back on. Dude, it's Hammer. The dude who'd been complaining about not getting, uh, you know, asking for his release from MLW and not getting it and not having any, you know, not being able to converse with anybody from MLW. He is there and he is wearing a World Titan Federation tank top. Dude, Rex fought too. Like, so, not only, so, uh, World Titan Federation growing by two members tonight with Josh Bishop and then the uh, returning Hammerstone, which I didn't see that one coming. I kind of, like, I'm not going to lie, like, I kind of thought the uh, whole demanding his release stuff was a shoot. And, I, you know, I'm not going to lie. I'll be the first one to admit, like, I got work, brother, um, on it. And so, crazy go nuts, man. And so, uh, Hammer, it is being reported uh, now, at the time of this recording, that Hammer did get his release from MLW and is promptly signed with the Titans. Uh, so we have an extra little wrinkle of things, especially with him and Fatu uh, squaring off, because really, like this is a role reversal where uh, Hammer was a guy who fought for MLW with the Contra unit angle, and now he's with the enemy. Uh, so I think that uh, helped bring this pay- uh, pay-per-view uh, live event uh, back up honestly because again like the world championship match wasn't doing it for me again that's personal issue not necessarily anything wrong with the mechanics of the match um you know and kind of the bummer of uh mance warner leaving the company so i'm curious to see where that leaves the rest of the second gear crew as well um yeah um so you know it, 
I, I don't. I won't say this. Ma- this card was as good as some of the previous live events since they started doing the monthly events again. But we've still got the ball rolling, and there's still questions to be answered. Uh, so yeah. So uh, interesting card we had tonight, and we'll see how things go here on Fusion coming up. So uh, stay tuned. We're going to take a, br- a pause, and we'll talk about this week's Fusion as well. See you guys in a bit. If you're like me, sometimes you need a pick-me-up to get you through the day. I drink Ray's Energy for that pickup. Ray's comes in a bunch of different flavors, and more recently, Italian ice, which is great, by the way. And it contains no sugar, so there's no crash after you drink it. And, really, like, best of all, if you go through me and go to wetrepsports.com, use my code CASS, you get 15% off your order. So, also, be like CASS, drink Ray's Energy. All right, we are back. Let's talk about some uh, Thanksgiving fusion, shall we? Let's go ahead and do that. My belly's full. My wrestling belly is also full. Let's, I don't know, fall asleep together. I don't know. Maybe I'm drunk too. But anywho, we we get a video package of the highlights from the Fightland event before we get a promo from Alex Hammerstone. For those of you who have been living under a rock, Hammerstone is back, and now he's part of the World Titan Federation. He talks about airing his dirty laundry on social media and how Court wouldn't pick up his phone calls. However, a person who did was Mr. St. Laurent. And so now everyone's asking what's next for Hammer, and I guess we're just going to have to wait and see. We get our intro. Welcome to the show by Joe Dombrowski and Matt Stryker running down the show tonight. Got three big matches. Love Doug is going to finally have a, a dinner with Becca, and much, much more, so let's jump right into things. TJ Crawford is starting off the party. He has a free Tony Deppin sign. Uh, Of course, obviously, this is taped earlier because Tony Deppin has been freed. He is off suspension and is going to be back with MLW soon. He is taking on a returning Nolo Kitano. He is out with his uh, Japanese uh, demon, who's, you know, the word for that has escaped my mind during this talk session here. Um, It looks like Crawford is going to be a jerk about things and start the match off before the bell rings. Attacks from behind. Uh, Kitano, however, catches uh, Crawford's counter with a counter of his own with the head scissors. At this point, Crawford feigns an ear injury when a man in black implied to be Tony Deppin gets on the ring apron but gets knocked out by Kitano. Security comes in and uh, ushers that gentleman away. Uh, Crawford uh, gets a sucker knee strike because it's a swerve, bro. He's not really injured. We do get a strike back battle out of it though which Crawford wins Katano comes back with a nifty little backbreaker and a short arm spin kick uh, Crawford is down again and Griffin McCoy a wild Griffin McCoy appears and hits a half and half suplex on Katano and just hides under the ring a silver bullet kick by Crawford gets the win everybody's going to celebrate Griffin McCoy the man in black is back Dude, uh, I don't know what's going on here. Uh, Tony Deppin is technically off suspension, but uh, Man in Black's going to appear. It may not be to- it may not be Tony Deppin. I we don't actually know this yet, but of course it's heavily implied to be such. Griffin McCoy is aligning himself with this ragtag group of ne'er do wells. Uh, so we have like the potential of a rather strong uh, middleweight faction forming and i'm curious to see where this is going because griffin mccoy has already kind of impressed me uh with his work in mlw so far uh Deppin is a beast crawford can go as well uh it's interesting to see what's going to come of this but otherwise the match was what it was it was kind of just more meant for to be a showcase for crawford while uh kind of sowing the seeds of uh this new middleweight group as well so uh, as i said we're just gonna see wait and see where this happens to go at the expense though of nolo kitano following this we get a promo from mascara dorado uh he is challenging rocky romero for the uh, for both the uh, welterweight championship and the mlw middleweight championship at one shot we follow that up by heading to WTF headquarters. MSL is there w- wishing us a happy Thanksgiving. Uh, puts over Matt Cardona as he will be the one to take sports entertainment into the future. 
Cackle, 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 of course. Backstage, uh, Promotionist Dorada is attacking Ichiban. Three-on-one gang-beating. Selena de Larenta calls Ichiban a derogatory word and slaps him before wandering off. We go to the magical, sheeted realm of the calling. Uh, yeah, we still got the calling. Ricky Shane Page talks about making mistakes when you're young and having to pay for them when you're old. The hammer is going to drop with a lot of footage of Akira getting himself beat up uh, from the Fightland event. So, looks like they are going to turn their sights to Akira. And obviously, this feud is not going to go anywhere. All right, second match of the evening. Notorious Mimi takes on Tiara James. Tiara James is on a roll as of late. Uh, she starts off the party with control, uh, hitting a crescendo of a middle rope drop kick. Uh, however, Mimi comes back and snaps the arm over the top rope and gets to take over and show off her stuff for a little bit as well. Unfortunately, she goes for a diving crossbody off the top rope, and there is nobody home from that top tier. Uh, James gets, uh, gets an over-the-shoulder uh, gut buster for a two-count. Uh, following up with a neckbreaker hold into a face buster to get the win. Uh, after the match, Sam Laterna comes out, asks James how things are going. James notes that it's amazing having a breakout year and uh, is lobbying for a title shot herself. Um, short but sweet match. Uh, again, just there mostly to put Tiara James over and kind of like help pad up her record as she's going into a world or well a world featherweight championship uh fight at the next batch of fusion tapings uh and it is announced that she, well she is going to be part, taking part in said title match along with Janai Kai and uh former champ Delmi Exo um match itself Short, sweet, nothing really to write home about overall. Uh, just an exhibition to, again, set up uh, T.R. James's rise through the featherweight ranks and, uh, you know, put her in contention for a title opportunity. Following this, we get highlights of the Love Doug-Becca saga. Doug has been a lovelorn puppy for Becca and, you know, I can't blame him. Like, we, we're all kind of lovelorn puppies for Becca because none of us are worthy of her attention. Um, but evidently, Doug has finally gotten in good with Becca. They are going to have dinner today. And, of course, MLW cameras are going to be there to catch it all as an expose. They keep calling it a tryst, but I'm not sure how a singular date is a tryst. But, you know, uh, what do I know? I just, just don't really leave my basement. But I don't have to leave my basement because it's filled with pizza rolls. Anywho, um, MSL is now getting out of vehicle. A freelance dude wants a soundbite, so MSL agrees. And the guy promptly accuses uh, Mr. St. Laurent of contract tampering. Uh, so uh, he gets heated basically like denies it all accuses the dude of slander you can't help if people are unhappy in mlw and choose to see the free agent market which alex hammerstone did and so now hammers a part of a new family and willing to take wtf into the future also in the process Mr. Southern wanders indoors, has a, has a hot dog, has a handshake ready as the one called Manders comes out of the door. Uh, he uh, MSL offers Manders a hot dog and a handshake, which is probably more than Manders is used to getting paying. However, Manders notes he's not really a hot dog and handshake kind of dude. I'm not entirely sure why. He's from Iowa, and there are lots of hot dogs and or handshakes around these here parts as someone who's now forced to live next to Iowa. Uh, anyway, it looks like Manders is kind of next in line for a WTF scouting, uh, despite the problems uh, WTF has had with the second gear crew, most notably Mance Warner, but that seems to be under the bridge at the moment with uh, Mance losing a Loser Leaves Town match. Uh, MSL throws out a bunch of empty promises, promising to take Manders to Japan, etc., etc., etc. Selena De La Renta is in her office with Rocky Romero. She is really apprehensive about the Masquerade Dorada uh, challenge, but Rocky, Rocky's pretty chill about it. He's like, yeah, we can do this. I've beaten him before. Do it again. And accepts the challenge. So Selena 
acquiesces, trusts Rocky, which, why shouldn't you? Rocky's like a 20-year vet, championships all over the world, and a pretty cool dude to boot. Sam Laterna is now with Alex Kane. Kane has waited for a month to uh, take on the WTF hose, if you will. Melanin-deficient hose with uh, Florida Fat Joe is some of the specific phrasing he uses. Uh, but he's waited a month to get on this opportunity. It's time to get revenge for putting the boots to uh, Mr. Thomas, and that's on Beaumayet. 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 It looks like Love Doug is ready to uh, get himself a little turkey here uh, with international pop superstar Becca. He knocks on the door, uh, peeks his head in, and walks right in where there's uh, Ryan Goslin and a crowbar waiting. And Doug's like, dude, you're not Becca. And he's like, I know, because I'm Becca's boyfriend. Club, club, club. Love Doug is clubbed like a baby seal or a baby robin, if you will, with the crowbar. Uh, bonus points if you actually get that reference. Okay, it's not that obscure a reference, but whatever, man. Bonus points. Everyone needs bonus points anyway, so go get you some. Um, but yeah, so it looks like while Becca is going to be out of action, they're continuing things with Brett Ryan Goslin in her stead. Outside, Mander uh, Manders is upset. He's about to ready to cry. Evidently, he remembers he is the one called Manders, and that is an upsetting thought. Uh, however, Mance Warner comes and tries to talk some sense into him. Uh, Manders does not want Mance to leave. Mance is like, I lost the match. They're kicking me out of MLW. This is a company I helped build with blood, sweat, and tears. This is a company that the Second Gear crew is running. He is proud of Mance and Matthew Justice as their champions now, and he's really hoping to do some free bird rules championship defending and fighting uh but he has to hit the road however he has made arrangements for a gentleman named mast good brother number three evidently he just hopped on the free agent market and he is going to be debuting for uh mlw soon and i'm going to take a pause here on this just because well, frankly, I am 100% down for this. I was not a fan of the thought of Mance leaving MLW, and there's one of the things, one of the many things I love about professional wrestling is weird loser-leave-town mask gimmicks. Um, especially, like, the cornerier they are, the better. So, like, honestly, like, I want this part of the storyline to be done, like, absolutely terrible, but kind of tongue-in-cheek, um, because really the best loser-leave-town gimmicks are ones that are, like, like, super duper obvious. I mean, not like Stagger Lee or the Yellow Dog. Like, yes, we knew it was Junkyard Dog and Brian Pillman because they didn't change up their style that much. But, like, nah, nah, baby. I, I want, like, Charlie Brown from Out of Town where they had to cut a, a whole extra big hole in the mask so Jimmy Valens' beard could, pick, uh, could fit out of the hole. Or I want, like, a Midnight Rider thing where it's just another fat guy and, like, how many people talk like Dusty Rhodes, baby, besides Manny Fernandez? Like, I, I am 100% down for this. I, I, and I want this basically to literally be almost like a Juan Cena level of uh, corny coming out of this, where literally dresses the exact same, he just happens to wear a mask, um, and talks exactly the same, etc. Um, but yeah, so I, I am 100% down with this, and I'm looking forward to it, and I have name-dropped entirely too many just random folks for that segment, so, uh, kudos to y'all who stuck through that and or got all those references too. More bonus points! More bonus points for everyone who gets... Any of those references, so just give your one, give yourself one bonus point, like per reference. To that you know what a yellow dog is, despite me explaining it to you. Cool, you get a bonus point. You know what a stagger Lee is. Give yourself a, bo a bonus point. Also remember that S Lee is staggering, so there's a, like a two bonus points right there because there's stagger, stagger Lee, and then there's S Lee who might be staggering as well. Ah, anyway, um, yeah, the show's not over, so I should you know stop talking about mask dudes and uh, cover the rest of this here show, and I'll stop talking about managers too. It's like he lives rent free in my head for some odd reason. Anywho, uh, MSL is out in the ring. He is doing the uh, announcements, the introductions for our main events, or at least the WTF portion of it, where it is the WTF faction of Matt Cardona and Filthy Tom Lawler taking on the Beaumayet Fight Club, represented by world champion Alex Kane and one Mr. Thomas. Um, 
Cardona starts in the ring with Kane, and obviously he doesn't want a piece of Kane at all. Tags Lawler in, so Lawler starts the party off. Um, and Lawler controls things pretty early on for a brief moment, except for a hope spot where Kane hits a big suplex on Lawler, but Lawler gets you know much uh, gets more gets a bit more control in there. Cardona is tagged in and does a little bit of offense before we go into suplex season uh he gets a batch of german suplex uh attached to him F uh, filthy tom comes in tries to help out but he gets a german for his efforts uh cardona also gets a crash landing style suplex uh but all this work has really injured the ribs and or back of kane and he kind of collapses uh the referee is like a uh, concern because Kane can't move very well. Throws up the axe. We got a couple refs and a medic, maybe. I don't know. Maybe that's Dr. Swegler. Maybe it's just some other dude in glasses hanging out ringside. Uh, but they kind of half drag Kane to the back. So evidently, this is going to be a two on one handicap match because Thomas is looking concerned. And Matt Cordero just attacks him from behind. And Thomas is like, WTF, bro. Woo, woo, woo. Uh, and just starts stomping everybody. Um, we go to break, and when we come back, Tom Lawler is beating on Mr. Thomas, and the Daisy Dukes are down, ladies and gentlemen. We are getting serious, because now we have the Daisy Dukes tights ready to go. More offense by WTF, and we get another quick break. We come back, there's a DDT on Mr. Thomas by Matt Cardona. However, this is the fired up portion of our show, and Mr. Thomas hits a double suplex on Cardona and Filthy Tom Lawler as Kane comes back, Roman Reigns style with the DDP wardrobe change. That's rib tapes, for those of you not initiated into that. Uh, and he comes in and does like a big bad, a big bad hope spot, and then he's down again. So, yeah, he came back to make the big hope spot and has immediately collapsed. What also aided in a secondary collapse is Tom Lawler outside the ring with a steel chair who clubs Kane in the back with it. Meanwhile, in the ring, radio silence on Mr. Thomas by Cardona. One, two, three, elementary, my dear Watson. WTF is standing tall at the end of this here contest. Uh... Fun, like, a surprisingly fun match. I thought it was, like, strangely overbooked. Like, it was really weird for Kane to come back for this hope spot just to collapse again, I thought. Like, that uh, was interesting. Though, I I'm guessing I'd probably have been angrier if uh, they actually did the full-blown hope spot. And I'd have been like, why are you Roman Reigns, bro? There's already a tribal chief. We don't need another one. Uh, so, like, I, I guess, really, big picture, like, it's better. Uh, that way, it gives the champ something further to work underneath from uh to kind of like you know come uh, overcome more odds if when he defeats matt cardona at one shot uh but otherwise like the match was entertaining cardona you know is tearing up the indies for a reason and i for one like can't get enough of filthy tom lawler and then of course there's you know the Beaumayers are anywhere from you know good to great depending on your opinion of mr thomas as well uh so yeah i thought that was rather fun um even if it was slightly overbooked. Uh, so yeah, yeah, that was our main event. That was the uh, last chunk of Thanksgiving Fusion, which means this is the last part of our twofer. Uh, but I thought I thought tonight's episode was fun and, uh, you know, gave a little bit of follow-up uh, from the fight land. I still, I, I think I would have liked a little bit more of an introduction to uh, Josh Bishop as well. Like, rightfully, they put the spotlight on Alex Hammerstone because he is, at least within MLW, the bigger deal. Uh, but you kind of have, like, this big surprise dude, and then we're just kind of going to ignore his existence as well so i don't know uh so that was like my one nitpicky complaint but overall like uh you know a solid show uh kind of trying to turn the corner a little bit for uh how some of the fusions like right after uh the big events have been like some of them have been kind of lame for the most part but uh i think we're moving in the right direction at, at least this one anyway so uh yeah so let's wind things down it's been a long episode a lot of talking a lot of talk here talk 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 which I mean, I guess that's what you do in the basement with your uh, hot tub filled with uh, pizza rolls. Anywho, so I'll quit bragging about that. But thank you all for listening. Stay tuned uh, for the plugs and all that good stuff. And if you're listening to this episode in a timely manner, head over to the merch store. Um, we got some Black Friday deals going on at the ML MLW Confusion uh, merch shop. So get yourself a t-shirt, I don't know, like a little, a little wine cup, um, 
baby baby onesies for some odd reason yeah aprons too like yeah i got all sorts of crazy stuff over there so check that out um also you know check out the plugs for uh you know, the best ways to support this here podcast that just randomly popped up is like number 60 in the British uh, wrestling charts. So cheers on you, Britain. Uh, America, though, kind of disappointed in you because I, I you, know, you know, as much as I consider myself to be a friend of the Brits, I guess, uh, you know, we are a good old USA podcast over here. So, uh, you know, step up your game, bros. Uh, but yeah, yeah, stay tuned for those cheap plugs. You know, check out my interview with the Corn Boy this week. So it's been a really big week for confusion in addition to the holiday stuff as well. So yeah, yeah. Thank you all for listening. And uh, oh yeah, also cheap plug for, uh, you know, the Urban Wrestling guys. I don't do that enough. So, you know, I'm a regular contributor over at the Urban Wrestling Network. Uh, you can check us out on YouTube at urban wrestle w uh nw uh and then we've moved on to the audio realm of podcasting as well so we are on spotify and wherever else you get your podcasts on there so yeah thank you all for listening and i'll catch you all next week MLW Confusion is a weekly podcast that is written and performed by rob cammer and is hosted on spotify for podcasters MLW Confusion is part of the Urban Wrestling Network. You can check out the Major League Pod, amongst other shows, on YouTube at Urban Wrestling NW. The background music for this section is Ruined My Day, performed by Alan Schroeder. If you enjoyed this podcast and like to support, please like, subscribe, and tell your friends, family, and enemies. Leaving a review is also helpful, as word-of-mouth advertisement is very important for small podcasts such as this. My social media links can be found in the description below, but Twitter and Instagram are at the Nova of Cass, T-H-E-N-O-V-A-O-F-C-A-S-S, and Facebook is at MLW Confusion, all one word. If you'd like to support monetarily and help upgrade my equipment, please check out my virtual tip jar at www.kofi.com slash Casanova. If you prefer more bang for your buck, you can go to patreon.com slash Casanova, Whereas for as little as $2, backers get access to the podcast early and ad-free, plus other weekly exclusive content such as athome.exe, the Patreon-exclusive podcast. So, join the crew that is headed up by Keith Wynn, Alan Schroeder, Alex McCarthy, and the False Prophet, and check it all out. You can also find t-shirts, coffee mugs, and other merch at the Confusion Podcast Store on Teespring. For business inquiries such as ads and sponsorships, please email at rzcammer, that's K-A-M-E-R-E-R, at comcast.net. Thank you all for listening. <laughs>